Hello and welcome back to Beniah, Mighty Man of God by P. H. Thompson, an audiobook. This is chapter thirty. And David said to Abishai and all his servants, See how my son, who came from my own body, seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjamite? Let him alone and let him curse, for so the Lord has ordered him. Second Samuel sixteen eleven. As David and his household trudged along the countryside, fleeing from Absalom, they came to a point where they had to pass through a valley bracketed by high cliffs. Without warning, rocks landed around them, not a landslide, but well-aimed projectiles. The mighty men closed in around the royal family to absorb the blows. They held up their shields to deflect the rain of heavy rocks. Then a voice called out to David from above them on the cliff, Get out, get out, you no-good murderer. The Lord is punishing you for killing the people in Saul's family. You usurped Saul as king, but now the same bad things are happening to you, and you deserve them. God has handed over the kingdom to your son Absalom because you're a murderer. Who is that? Benaiah asked David. I know him. His name is Shimei, a Benjamite from Bahurim. He's a relative of Palti, the man Saul married Michal off to. He added, he must be doubly angry. First, as a Benjamite from the tribe of Saul, he no doubt assumed I was responsible for the deaths of Abner and Ishbosheth, so he called me a murderer, and then because Michal was taken from his relative and returned to me. Abishai, Joab's brother, said to David, Who does this dead dog think he is to curse the king? Let me go over and remove his head. But the king said, What am I to do with you? Both you and your brother are always quick to use your swords to solve problems. Perhaps Shimei is cursing me because God put it into his mind to curse me. David addressed everyone else who was present. Look, if my own son is trying to kill me, should I be surprised to hear curses from this man from the tribe of Benjamin? Let it go. If God has ordered him to curse, who am I to stop him? David hung his head and walked on in silence. Shimei continued to curse, and David nodded as if he agreed with all that the scoundrel said. Beniah knew David must be so discouraged to be on the run again after so many years of stability. He was not pleased to be here either. He'd had to send for Moriah and the younger children to meet them as they fled. And now David felt he deserved the curses. Perhaps the Lord will see all my troubles and repay me with something good in place of everything this man is saying. It was true that the Lord had brought this suffering on David because of his sin, but it was his sin against Bathsheba and Uriah that caused it, not any injustice to the house of Saul. The rocks continued to rain down on them while they walked swiftly. After they passed out of range, they refreshed themselves in the Lord. He would see them through in spite of their many enemies. That much they learned from their previous wilderness experience. Benaiah had never seen David so broken. Not even during that horrible week when David and Bathsheba grieved the loss of their first son, or when David heard about the rape of Tamar, the murder of Amnon, or Absalom's banishment and subsequent rebellion. Not even with the public humiliation of David's concubines. To bear the cursing of one man as he fled in disgrace must have seemed a small thing to David in comparison to what he had already suffered. Joab approached David. I know we have women and children with us, but we must hurry, my lord. Absalom will no doubt send his troops after us as soon as he learns we've gone. Ahithophel will advise him that way, no doubt. David smiled. I have no fear in that regard. 
I planted a spy in Absalom's court, my loyal friend Hushai the Archite. He will report any news back to us through Jonathan and Ahimaaz, sons of the priests, Abiathar and Zadok. And I've prayed that God would confound the advice of Ahithophel. That evening as they stopped to eat, the two spies arrived at David's camp. Come, sit. Would you like some water? David offered. They shook their heads. We were almost discovered, but a servant girl hid us in a dry well and spread a blanket and ground grain over it, so we were concealed while soldiers searched for us. We came to inform you that Ahithophel has advised against you. He offered to lead a troop of 12,000 men to pursue you this very night. By coming on your company when you were weak and weary from your flight, he was sure the people would flee, and then you could be struck down. Then the people would be returned to Absalom, and there would be peace. Ahithophel's plan was sound and would most certainly have ended in success. 12,000 troops against their small number were sure to succeed. If that was the case, they'd best flee to, or be ready to fight. Benaiah would prefer the former, since they had women and children with them. At first, the elders were pleased with the advice, but then Absalom summoned Hushai the archite. Jonathan continued, out of breath. Hushai contradicted Ahithophel's advice without disparaging him, who understood David's strategies, strengths, and weaknesses better than anyone. He merely stated, The advice that Ahithophel has given is not good at this time. He reminded Absalom that David and his men were valiant warriors and the situation would enrage them, must like a bear robbed of her cubs. He suggested David would not even be in the midst of his people, but would be encamped elsewhere. He also proposed that even the smallest losses from Israel would be inflated to sound like a resounding defeat. As an alternative plan, Hushai suggested mobilizing a huge countrywide army from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south with the inspiring presence of Absalom himself at the lead, and then searched David out, falling on him with even more overwhelming numbers. This way, not only would David be destroyed, but all the valiant men with him. Hushai added that if David were to take refuge in some city, its walls could be taken down stone by stone, Ahimaaz said. Amazingly, Absalom and the elders of Israel agreed, and one elder said, Hushai's advice is better than Ahithophel's. It most certainly wasn't, but Hushai's eloquence and dramatic flair convinced Absalom that he should personally head a large victorious army. They also pandered to Absalom's pride that he should personally lead the search for David. Absalom's men became convinced that David and his men, who were too valiant to overthrow at the beginning of his speech, would be trapped by superior numbers and easily defeated. David's prayer that God would confound the advice of Ahithophel had been answered. Nevertheless, Hushai's misdirection had given David's small company time to escape, recover their strength, and choose the best terrain in which to fight. The messengers encouraged David to flee immediately and cross the river Jordan. There is still a possibility that Absalom will change his mind. Once David reached the Jordan, Absalom's army would lose the advantage of surprise. Then they'd surely turn back from their pursuit. They picked up their pace and headed east to the Jordan River. Thanks be to God, they'd be safe tonight. Continue listening for chapter 31.